When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Good afternoon, Steeler Nation. How we doing? Well, that's good. Me too. Wesley Euler with you, our number two of the Steelers Blitz here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Now simulcasting on 970 AM as well. 412-919-1316. Those are the digits to dial, although to be fair, I... Don't know if I'm going to take any phone calls in the second hour. So just get the tweets in at Wesley Euler. Got a handful of your prediction tweets already. Some others that we will get to as we roll along here in this hour. As always, it is a jam-packed final hour when it's the final hour of the show of the week. We'll talk to our buddy Brian Backo about, oh, what, 16 minutes from now or so. We'll catch up with the Batman, get his thoughts on this clash with the Colts. I'll give my predictions, I'll read your predictions, all that good stuff and more. But we kick it off here now, as we like to do at this time on Thursday. It's time to get a little time to get a little weird up in here, cousins. All right? With a segment we call Stranger Stats. Let's start, as we always do, with a little scene setter, a little history between these two franchises. Uh, beginning in 1950 was the first time these two franchises have met, and they have played head-to-head since 33 times. Now, only two of those games took place before 1968. So, uh, early days, they didn't see each other too often. The Colts and the Steelers split their first four meetings ever in the history of the franchises. But since then, get this, the Steelers are 25-4 and against the Colts. And overall, Pittsburgh leads the series 27-6. 12 of the games have been the Steelers against the Baltimore Colts, to be fair. The Colts won just three of those dozen first matchups. That's a 9-3 and record for the Steelers against the Baltimore Colts for those of you at home that struggle with math. The Colts have won just two games against the against Pittsburgh in the 21st century. Since the calendar turned to the 2000s, just one, two, buckle my shoe, or maybe buckle my horseshoe wins for the Colts against the Steelers. Zero in the 90s, one in the 80s, two in the 70s. The Steelers are currently on an eight-game winning streak against Indianapolis and have won five in a row in one of America's great cities, Indianapolis. The Colts and Steelers have met five times in the postseason, and get this, the Pittsburgh Steelers are undefeated 
in those playoff battles, including a famous victory that sent the Steelers to an AFC championship game that we will discuss here in just a few minutes. Now let's get into some of the numbers. Let's get into some of these stranger stats here as it relates to both the Steelers and the Indy Colts. The Steelers are on a two-game losing streak. They've been outscored by their opponents by 40 points this season. The Steelers are 3-2 and two on the road. The Colts just 2-4 and four in Indianapolis. The Colts have won four of their last five games, though, playing their best football right now at the right time. They've been outscored by 16 points this season, Indy has. And over the past five games, Indy has only outscored their opponents by eight points while still managing to win, again, four of those five games. Impressive. Steelers-esque there, you might say, from the Colts. The Colts have five losses in games in which they have scored 20-plus points. That's the most in the league this season. They have also scored 23.8 points per game in their losses this year, which is also the highest in the NFL. So even when they're losing, they're still scoring about 24 points a game. Again, the highest in the league. The Steelers... Their turnover differential sits at plus 10. Only the 49ers have a better turnover differential on the season. The Colts are plus one for the year, which, again, when I told you earlier that they have 20 giveaways, it's impressive in that context. Each uh, of these two teams, the Steelers and the Colts, have 21 takeaways on the season, which is near the top of the league. Uh, Both have, funny enough, 13 interceptions and eight fumble recoveries as well, too. They've gotten those takeaways on defense in the same manner. The Colts' opponents have fumbled 21 times, but India's only recovered 38% of those opportunities. The Steelers, as I mentioned, they've turned the ball over just 11 times. We talked about that earlier. That's the lowest in the National Football League. For the season, the Steelers and the Colts are at the bottom of the league in time of possession. However, over the past three games, the Steelers' offense is holding the ball much better, 33 minutes and 26 seconds per game compared to just 28.54 from the Colts. It's a problem with these solo segments. I got to stop every second and like catch my breath. Pittsburgh and Indianapolis both attempt deep passes uh, 10% of the time. 10% of their pass attempts are deep passes and only seven passing attacks across the league average a deep shot less often than these two teams do. So don't expect a ton of throws down the field if these teams stick to what they've been doing. Colts opponents, they average running 68.4 plays per game. That's the most in the NFL. The Steelers opponents average running 64.8 games, or 64.8 plays, pardon me, per game, which is more than all but seven teams in the league, one of those being Indianapolis. The Steelers, get this, have led just 19% of the time when they've snapped the ball on offense. So the Steelers have been ahead in games for just 19% of their offensive snaps. That's third worst in the league, only ahead of the Jets and the Panthers. Through 14 weeks of play that we are at at this point in the season, right? Every team having their, well, 13 weeks of play into week four. No, we are in week 15. Yes, Uh, every team has had their bye week behind them at this point. So some of these numbers, right, are starting to... uh, to really hold some weight when you get to this point in the season. On a per-snap basis, the Steelers' defense, get this, is the oldest in the NFL so far uh, this season, an average of 28.2 years old per-snap on defense, while the offense is second youngest in the NFL, just 26.1 years old. Colts offense, second youngest in the league. 
right behind Pittsburgh. Overall, the Steelers, 11th oldest team in the league. Colts, 27th oldest team. So one of the younger teams in the NFL. Indy has five touchdowns this year that they've scored on either defense or special teams. That is second most in the league. Stranger stats. The Steelers are in 11 personnel. That is, for those of you who don't speak football dork, uh, that's one running back and one tight end. 11 personnel, right? 12 personnel is one running back, two tight ends. 21 personnel is two running backs, one tight end. Do you see what I'm doing there? Steelers are in 11 personnel, so one running back, one tight end. 75.6% of the time on offense, that's fifth highest in the league. Now, the Colts' defense, teams have liked to attack them with heavier sets. 12 personnel, two tight ends. The Colts' defense is facing 12 personnel on 22% of their snaps. That's the seventh highest in the NFL. So could we see the Steelers follow that trend and go big more often this week? The Steelers, they turn a set of downs into a new set of downs, right? So they are moving the sticks in a set of downs, within a set of downs, just 66% of the time. That's sixth lowest in the league. Only five offenses in the NFL are worse. Since 2022, the Steelers have 28 games with fewer than two touchdown passes. That's the most in the National Football League. Since their week uh, 11 bye, Indianapolis, that's when they had their bye week this season, week 11. Since then, they are converting just 22.2% of their third downs, struggling on those possession downs, and that is the worst in the league uh, since week 11. Stranger stats. All right, let's talk a little most memorable moment that I referenced just a few moments ago. Of course, folks, it's the AFC Divisional Playoffs in the RCA Dome back in January of 2006. It was January 15th, in fact. Hold on, let me hit this post real real quick here. That was Stranger Stats. Because let's fade the music down as we talk about this memorable moment. Divisional playoffs, 2006, January 15th in Indy. Steelers end up winning 21-18. Folks, Steelers history is dripping in memorable moments. But if you're of my age, right, I'm 32. I'll be 33 here in February, so not too, you know, much closer to 33 than I am to to 31. Uh, If you're about my age, you know, if you didn't grow up with the Steel Curtain, man, this might be one of your, it's got to be on your short list of your favorite Steelers memories, favorite Steelers moments. This for me is like, you know, Super Bowl 43 against the Cardinals is a huge one because that happened at the end of my senior year of high school. And, you know, it was just a fun time of my life. And James Harrison with the interception return and Santonio Holmes in the back of the end zone. That's probably my favorite Steeler game of all time. But this really gives it, a, a, you know, a run for its money. Because at this moment in my life, I hadn't seen the Steelers have a ton of success. Yeah, they were in the AFC Championship game the year before. Yeah, they played for a Super Bowl when I was a kid. But this was when things really started going. In hindsight, this is the game you're romantic about. Because it's the one that started the run. You know, they beat Cincinnati the week before when Carson Palmer went down. But this is the one that really made you believe. This is the one that started the run to get Bussy to Detroit and get that one for the thumb. This is the one that, you know, kick-started the Ben Roethlisberger era and, and got Bill Cower that, that elusive Super Bowl title. January 15th, 2006, 21-18 over the Colts. 
I remember it like it was yesterday. I was in Deep Creek, Maryland on a skiing trip with my family. We got snowed in. We were supposed to go home on Sunday, right, because I had school on Monday. We were supposed to go home on Sunday and watch the game at home. We got snowed in at our cabin in Deep Creek, Maryland, so like a dozen of us, and we had no option. Well, we're not going to be able to get out of here until tomorrow. Wes is going to have to miss school. We're going to have to miss work. Let's hunker down and watch the Steeler game. And for that thing to go from the Steelers looking like they were going to win to the Jerome Bettis fumble to Ben Roethlisberger tackling Nick Harper to Troy Polamalu intercepting Peyton Manning to that interception getting overturned on one of the most egregious calls you'll ever see. And for Mike Vanderjack, who hadn't missed a field goal all year. It's WVU Mountaineer. Mike Vanderjack, by the way, as much as it pains me to say, missed a 46-yarder. For a Colts team that was 14-2 and two and was seemed like the Super Bowl team of destiny. You know, that was their year. That was Peyton Manning's year. And the Steelers went in there, and despite the Jerome Bettis fumble, despite the Troy Polamalu interception robbery, despite a game where I remember watching the pregame and every single person picked against the Steelers. Steelers found a way. They got it done in what was one of the craziest, most roller coaster games of my life. Like, again, that and Super Bowl 43 against Arizona are my two favorite games to watch that I ever watched as a Steelers fan. Emotional roller coasters where you thought you had won, you thought you had lost, you thought you had won again, you thought you, were, you, you had lost, and you end up pulling it out. That's a game that is hard not to be romantic about. That's the most memorable moment in the history of Steelers Colts, if you ask me. Keep those tweets rolling in. We'll get to those in just a few minutes. But on the other side, it is time to put a bow on the Colts preview with our buddy Brian Backo of the Post-Gazette. He'll join me to discuss all things Indy when we return to Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Clash with the Colts this Saturday, 4.30 in Indianapolis. A uh, big one, to say the least, for both teams as they look to keep a stranglehold on their playoff fates, their playoff destinies. Joining us now to discuss, it's our day one, our good friend of the show, Brian Backo, covers the Stillers for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Brian, is it? Is it destiny? Is it fate? Is it neither? Where do you stand on that debate? Um, I guess I'm sort of... Oh, no. Did we lose Mr. Backup? I believe a lot. Oh, wait. I got hey, you back you got there. Me, I lost, lost, sorry. I lost you for a few seconds. Uh, continue. Sorry. You, start, start over again. <laughs> when you start to get into these big philosophical discussions, you see what happens? That's right. I guess that was fate. That's it. That's what I get for trying. Um, yeah. It's, it is pretty crazy that uh, despite all of these struggles and this latest slide, Steelers still control their own destiny <laughs> for the AFC playoffs. Yeah, it is funny. I can hear Mike Pursuta, our buddy, screaming at us because he's like, destiny is something that can't be controlled, so it's got to be fate because by definition, you can't control destiny. But I think everybody gets what we're saying. So- yeah, I, never, I, I don't agree with Pursuta there either because I don't think – how can you control fate? Isn't that also uh-huh. something that can't literally cannot be controlled? That's kind of the definition of the 
of the concept. That's a good point. Maybe we'll have to argue this over some some cold soda pops on Friday night. How about, how about just pass? They control their own pass. There you go. I like that. See, that's why we need a real linguist here in Brian Backo to get us going. Two teams that control their own path. Uh, Brian, the Steelers, man, I mean, they had a path to potentially being in a division hunt, um, but they squandered that over the course of five days at home with losses to Arizona and New England couple extra days to stew in it now right even with the game being on Saturday when you last played on a Thursday do you expect a response from this team from you know we, we've heard Minka kind of calling out the locker room and saying a lot of guys think that they can just put on the black and gold and win games uh, Mitch Trubisky yesterday saying that he expects to be better and you know answering a question that you know that these guys are, are excited to get back out there and have a chance to right the wrongs of last week do you expect a response from the Steelers, or do you expect more of what we saw last week? I mean, I, I do respect, expect a response, but it sort of yeah, – then you have to ask the question, like, why wasn't there that response after losing to the Cardinals? I mean, that was a hmm. brutal home loss, and they didn't respond. And you know, then if they lose again this week, they can talk about after the game, and they can talk next week about how – they're excited to respond to being seven and seven and having their backs <laughs> against the wall. So I think to a certain degree, you know, saying the right stuff and thinking the right stuff is, is good. And having the, the right mentality, there's something to be said for that, but you also just have to go out and do it at the end of the day. And that's what they haven't done these last couple games. No, they have not. And it's a Colts defense that is, you know, given up a lot of points. Um, Indianapolis, they average, uh, 24 points per game in their losses, which is highest in the NFL. You know, so even when the offense is scoring, the defense a lot of times is is hemorrhaging more points. So maybe a similar question to what I kind of opened with, but Mitch Trubisky specifically. I mean, the entire offense, the entire team looked bad on Thursday, last Thursday night a week ago against New England. But do you expect Mitch, just himself, just the quarterback, to look better to look noticeably more comfortable now that he's had the regular gambit to prepare as opposed to the short week against the Patriots. Do you expect a noticeable difference there from him? Yeah, I think he'll be better. And I, I do think he was better in the second half of that Patriots game too. Granted how much stock he put into that because of the game script, they didn't have to do quite as many exotic things defensively. They were just trying to hold on in the second half. New England was, but thought Trubisky looked a little bit more with it. Obviously, the Steelers nearly came back and won, had their chances. He didn't put the ball where it needed to be on that final throw to Deontay Johnson. But I I do think he'll be improved. Part of that will be the opponent. But uh, certainly having the the week of prep and having the chance to play, you know, in a dome, which is always better for a QB, you know, the the Mm. noise aspect is, is a challenge. I was talking to center Mason Cole about that this week, and I think he'll be key to this game as well. But, yeah, I, I think we will see a better Mitch Trubisky, but I'm, I'm not predicting anything close to a, a big breakout game from him or the offense. Brian Bacco of the Post-Gazette with us here on the Steelers Blitz on SNR. Maybe I buried the lead a little bit. T.J. Watt exiting concussion protocol, and that's great news for this defense, right? I mean, he don't think he was himself Thursday against New England, and if they are going to have that type of you know response game as a defense, they're going to need 90 out there flying around. Yeah, great news for the defense, great news for him, great news for just fans of football who want to see one of the best defensive players on the planet out there and not in sweats. So, yeah, I mean, we talked to him today, Wes, and he kind of 
shrugged off a lot of the speculation about what transpired with him last Thursday night. He said he got checked in the tent for a concussion, cleared standard procedure, came in the next morning, didn't want to get too deep into it, but obviously reported how he was feeling, and he said all the stuff about the dark visor and the smelling salts. Like he, he just doesn't want people putting the microscope on every little move of his. So make of that what you will, but the bottom line is seems to be healthy now and he's going to be out there for the Steelers. We'll wait and see on Alex Highsmith, yeah. but I feel pretty good that 56 will will be out there as Robin to, to TJ's Batman or Superman as Patrick Peterson called him today. There we go. Now we're talking. And and that is good news. Well, then, who, what would that make Highsmith if he's if Watt is Superman instead of Batman and then Highsmith is uh well, maybe maybe Highsmith is Batman. I mean, they're both part of the same DC universe. Maybe you got Superman and Batman. Yeah. Yeah, maybe yeah, that would be a bump up for for Alex. It's so, true. Yeah, that could be. Although they fight, they fight each other sometimes. And well, I guess you could say Alex Highsmith and T.J. Watt fight each other for the sack occasionally. Yeah, there you go. And you know, maybe iron sharpened iron during practice. There. Um, yeah, let's, what do they always say? Let's meet at the QB. Uh, Let's meet in the pocket. Beat me there or meet me there, baby. Uh, yeah. So good news, it sounds like, certainly on TJ and hopefully on uh, on Alex as well. Maybe opposite side of the equation here, Isaac Sayamalu uh, hasn't practiced Wednesday or today. Shoulder injury, or are we feeling not as optimistic on, uh, on big Sayamalu? I'm not ready to say that just because he's a vet and he's been around so long and he just did this last week. You know, he didn't uh, – it was a short week, so it was different. But I still think that shoulder might just be something they're managing. If it were Broderick Jones not logging any practice time throughout the week, I'd be singing a different tune. But I think with Sayamalo, he'll have a decent chance to still suit up as long as he feels physically able. I don't think the mental or playbook or game plan aspect of it will hold back uh, a, a long time NFL starter like him. That's part of the reason why you bring in – guys like that in the offseason is because mentally they're so ahead of the game. So I'm not super pessimistic on Sayamalo. Sure, you'd want to see him practice, but also would not surprise me at all if he still gets out there and plays. Just a couple more questions here with our buddy Brian Backo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Uh, run game had started to, to show some improvements uh, really until that New England game, I thought. Uh, only mustering, what, 82 or 83 yards against the Patriots. You're leading. Yeah, that's, that's a tough unit to run against. They are, so they are to be fair. They've done that well. But, you know, I don't think any of us expected Mitch Trubisky to be the uh, the offense's leading rusher a week ago against the Patriots. That's got to be, it feels like, right? If, if they're going to have success on Saturday and, and bigger picture in these last four games as an offense – uh, that run game has to continue to lead the way. Do you like the matchup better for Najee Harris, for Jalen Warren and company this week against the Colts? It's a it's another talented front there in Indy. I do, and and I think because of uh, you know some of what Indy has on the interior of their defense, guys like DeForest Buckner and Dyer Franklin at linebacker, this might be more of a game for Jalen Warren to get out on the perimeter, Ooh. make some guys miss, and you know show that big playability that has popped up uh, at opportune times over the course of his young career. So I'm not saying Najee Harris won't have success, and I think he's uh, healthy, good to go. You know, I know he uh, was missing a little bit of practice time early in the week, but he was out there yesterday, and, and I saw him out there during the media viewing portion of practice today. So I think he'll be fine as far as his availability, and he said he's fine yesterday. But I still think just looking at the schematics, this this could be a game for – 
Jalen Warren to uh, to get back on track. Ooh, I like hearing that. I would not hate that, certainly. Let's get Big 30 rumbling out there again. All right, Mr. Backo, before we let you go, you know where this is going. Steelers, Colts, 430, Saturday, I guess late afternoon, early evening. Uh, a big game for both of these teams. How's it play out in your mind? Yeah, it's a huge game, and I just can't really understand some of the feedback I've gotten from uh, the audience that I have at the Post-Gazette of people saying they're not pumped for this because they, they're downtrodden by the last two Steelers' losses. I get that, but also, like, this is – isn't this kind of the whole reason you're a fan of a team? And, yeah! Like, you're, still, you're still in the mix, and yeah. I'm, not, I'm not telling you to trick yourself into thinking this team can make a deep playoff or, or even a Super Bowl run, but – still a meaningful game it's it's still going to extend your season of being uh of rooting and watching the Steelers or not so yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to being there Saturday at Lucas Oil and I don't know just a gut feeling a hunch there's stuff that that concerns me matching paper that the Colts wide receivers are impressive you know, the, obviously the Steelers offense can't get out of its own way but I think they. this is just one of those classic bounce-back games that Mike Tomlin's presided over many times in his 17 years. And I think by hook or by crook, the Steelers do get it done Saturday in Indy. I'm going Pittsburgh 19, Indianapolis 17. 19 to 17, a quirky one from our day one, Mr. Well, Brian that's, that's the only way they do it for the most part. You know, they've, they've got to win by a small margin and – probably have something funky go their way buddy ain't that the truth and uh so it has been said so it shall be done our good friend of the show hasn't changed his number since the seventh grade doesn't do cap mr brian Bacco, cousin thank you for your time i will see you saturday and maybe i'll see you tomorrow night in indy as well too we'll talk i'll text you all right sounds good Wes. there he goes brian Bacco, stillers post gazette our guy i almost spilled the beans on our plans on Friday night in Indy? I don't know, though, if that's something I should share on air. Listen, this is the, tr- the circle of trust here, all right? Trust tree on the Steelers Blitz. I've met a lot of you, our dear listeners, in real life, whether it be at games, whether it be at training camp, things like that. Heck, a couple of you, our listeners, even have my phone number. You guys bring me beers from the cities that you come and travel in. You guys spoil me at training camp. A couple of you guys have bought me beers. A couple of you guys have bought me uh, souvenirs. You know, Cuban Dan's got me a Grateful Dead Steelers souvenir before. Tyler's brought me beers. Uh, Who else? Carol has brought me cookies before. Trey has brought me beers. At the same time, though, while I love you guys, and all those things are true and have happened, I don't know if I need to give away our plans for Friday night here on the radio. So I'll just text Mr. Backo instead. You never know who's listening. You never know. Got a couple responses to that um, little monologue I had on on the most memorable Colts and Steelers game. Uh, Of course, from that would have been the 2005 season, but in January of 2006, that, uh, that divisional round, just memorable crazy game against Indianapolis. Uh, Jason tweets and says, I'm 52 years old, and that playoff game is still one of my favorites too. By the way, Marvin Harrison happens to be a friend of mine, and I still rub that one in his face from time to time. Jason, that's hilarious. One, that's pretty cool that you're 
uh, friends with Marvin Harrison. Two, that's ironic because my wife's family knows Marvin Harrison as well, too. He is, of course, from Philadelphia, like my in-laws are, and he had a house at the Jersey Shore, like right down the street from where my in-laws have a house at the Jersey Shore, from where you know my wife's family has a, has a place down there. Marvin Harrison actually used to leave his jet skis at my wife's family's house during the wintertime, like during the, the off-season of, of, beach, of beach time. So that's funny. Look at us, Jason, a little uh, six degrees of separation there. I've never met Marvin Harrison, um, but like I said, he lives down the, or has a shore house down the street from my from my family. My wife's met him a couple times. He used to store his jet skis at their house uh, during the wintertime. That's pretty funny. Ricky also uh, tweets and says, my top three games are Super Bowl 43, that second round game against the Colts in 2006, and the AFC championship win against Denver in 2009. No, AFC championship game in 2009 wasn't Denver. That was the Ravens, baby. That was Troy Polamalu, baby. Jesus picked six to the Hass. AFC championship game against Denver was the next week after that Colts game. Famously, as Joey Porter once said, right. and now we got to go to break because my throat is ruined from doing the Joey Porter who ride. Last chance to get those tweets in, knuckleheads. I'll give you my prediction. I'll read yours off before we get out of here. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Final segment here on a Thursday, final segment of the week for the Steelers Blitz as we will be traveling to the great city of Indianapolis, Indiana at this time tomorrow, all ahead, of course, of Steelers Colts 430 Saturday a rare Saturday game, although the Steelers will play one again next weekend. So how rare is it really? But happens sometimes this time of year. Steelers, Colts in Indy for the second straight year around the same time. Of course, it was a Monday night game last year, but late in the season that we were there in Indianapolis, we go again and I'm fired up in uh, what is a big game for both teams and the trajectory and what they still have in front of them for the rest of the season. So I'll give you my prediction in just a few minutes. But first, as we always do, let's hear what Yins have to say. As Andy Reid would say, the time is yours. Time's yours. All right. I got all these bookmarked here. Let's jump right in. Marco's going to lead us off. Marco tweets, Steelers 24, Colts 17, same score as last year. Sweet Lord, I hope my feelings are right. Pittsburgh offense might be happy. It's an away game. Well, it's a good point, Marco. Mitch probably is, at least certainly, because the first time he throws an incompletion, he won't have to hear Mason Rudolph chants. Although, Steelers fans, we know how they travel and how they like to represent could be another one of those 50-50 type crowds there on Saturday. I keep stumbling over that. Is it Saturday evening or is it Saturday afternoon? I mean, it's kind of both, right? You could say 4.30 is Saturday afternoon and technically be right. You could probably say it's the evening as well and probably technically find a way to be right. Is it the afternoon or is it the evening? I'm just going to keep going with evening because it sounds cooler. And because at least by the time the game is over, it'll be evening. So, I don't know. I'll ride with that. Jason tweets and says, I'm not feeling good about this one. Colts 23, Steelers 17. However, I think Minka finally gets an interception. 
I'm looking for a big game from Minka. Reverend Bull tweets us and says, sense of urgency kicks in. This is a really bad football team right now, but the defense still holds, and Boswell bolsters another bad offensive showing, and the good guys win 26-20. to I don't know if it's a really bad football team, Reverend Bull, but it ain't a great one. It's been bad. It was bad last week, that's for sure. Really bad. Well, I hope not, at least. <laughs> or else it's going to be a quiet plane ride home on Saturday night. Steeler Nation 920. Our buddy Tyler up in Wisconsin tweets and says, Nick Herbick steps up big time with two sacks. Benton shows why they named him a starter with a sack enforced fumble. We return to the culture. And everyone steps up with huge energy and shows why they wear the black and gold. 21-3 Steelers win. Who right? Tyler, if the Steelers win 21-3, I might have to drive some of those Saris chocolate-covered pretzels up to you in Wisconsin. 21-3. We ain't beat anybody that comfortably in years. I'd take it. I'd take it. Todd tweets and says, waiting for the slow grind of what this game will be on Saturday. I still stand by the good guys, and I still say we win. Mitch will look much better after having a week plus to get ready. Final score, Steelers win 13-9. Hey, Todd, pal, that's my bit, all right? You can't be stealing my bit, all right? Why did I just turn into Tommy DeVito's agent there for a second? You, Mama Luke, you can't be saying things like that. Only I can make that joke. That's a good one, though, Todd. That's a good one. Rod Dollar tweets, I just want to see us run, uh, <laughs> or I just want to see us get out of running the shotgun inside the five-yard line. Yeah, you and me both, cousin. You and me both. But Rod also says he thinks the Colts win this one 16-7. I think this is the most picks we've had for an opposing team all year. I ain't digging the vibes so far. And he tweets and says, was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Let him go. He's on a roll. The Steelers dig deep to beat the Colts 23-10. Najee and Jalen run wild and the defense dominates. I will take a 13-point victory. That would be uh, more comfortable, certainly, than it's been at most points this season. Davey tweets and says, Wes, this is only my second tweet of all time. I'm an everything Miami fan except for the Dolphins. You don't understand the hate I've gotten my whole uh, life so far. I got the Steelers bouncing back with a W. Hey, not bad, though. You've seen a couple Miami Heat championships. Miami Marlins, Florida Marlins as well, too. Hockey team, it's been okay. They went to the cup final last year. Heck, it's not so bad. If you pick the one Miami team not to root for, the Dolphins are the one to do it. Panthers were just in the Stanley Cup. Heat won a bunch of championships with Wade and then and then Wade and LeBron. Marlins, I think, what, won two in my lifetime? We're about the same age, I think, Davey. It's not so bad. Foshia's Alaska tweets and says, uh, Steelers 17, Colts 9. Running backs combined for over 150 all-purpose yards. Yeah, if Jalen and and Naj can uh, go for 150-plus, I think the Steelers got a great chance to win. 17-9 to is the prediction from faux shiz. Steeler Man 7 tweets us and says, I've still been quietly listening to the show over here in the shadows. I'm feeling optimistic about the rest of the season. Worst case, I see us going 3-1. and Hoping to see our run game come back, but it all starts with Jalen Warren. I didn't get his Angry Runs t-shirt for nothing. Hey, worst case, if the Steelers go 3-1, and one, I mean, that means they're going to win 10 games. That means they're going to be in the postseason. 
So I would take that. Where would I be going, though, in the middle of January? That's the question. Trey tweets and says, appreciate the shout-out, boss. Hey, Trey, appreciate the spotted cows, boss. Uh, enjoy the game. Steelers crack 20 this weekend, 24-17 to 17 in a fourth-quarter thriller. Well, haven't they all been fourth-quarter thrillers to this point? Although I guess that depends on your definition of the word thriller, to be fair. Big Ron tweets and says, I got Steelers 24, Colts 17. That's the popular prediction so far on the show today. TJ with a big game. Mitch with a bounce back game. Also, I need to know your top three favorite Christmas movies. Oh, you're putting me on the spot here. The Grinch. I like all three. I like the original. I like the Jim Carrey one, and I like the newer one. Uh, But Jim Carrey, Grinch for sure. Man, after that, then I'd really have to think. And then we have to really start debating. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Is Home Alone a Christmas movie? I would say yes to both of those. But if you want to go in the fashion of Christmassy Christmas Christmas movies, it would be The Grinch, The Jim Carrey Grinch. Elf and Jingle All the Way. Again, like Christmassy Christmas movies, not counting Home Alone, not counting Die Hard, not counting Goodfellas, which is also a Christmas movie, by the way. That's another one of those from Big Ron right there that I'm going to get in the car 10 minutes from now to go home. And I'm going to think, ah, I forgot about blank. But my, my favorite is the Jim Carrey Grinch. That's number one. That I know for sure. That's ironclad. Got to get Jingle all the way in there, though. Put the cookie down. Moats and I did this like two years ago. We did a top 10 Christmas movies on one on one of our shows. I know I still have that list in my notes somewhere. Maybe I'll have to dig it out here. Uh, sometime next week before we get to the big holiday. All right, one last refresh. Here we go. If you're not in the mentions now, you got to wait till next week. Final two words of the day. Ricky tweets and says Steelers 21 to 18. Jalen goes for 100 plus yards. And the real Teddy, not to be confused with the fake Teddy. Steelers 15, Colts 13, all field goals by the boss. The offense is horrendous. <laughs> Hey, they don't ask how. They ask how many. And 15 might be enough to get the job done. I've got the Steelers winning 17-13 to 13 in a barn burner at Lucas Oil Stadium. 17-13, to 13, Steelers just able to get a little bit more from their defense to get them over the line. And what will be another bring your own guts, bring your own pacemaker, bring your own heartburn medication type game from the Pittsburgh Steelers because that's the way we do it in the black and gold. That'll do it for me, for us this week. Thanks to the best co-host in the business, Arthur Nathan Motes III, even though he wasn't here today for another outstanding week. Thanks to our buddy Brian Backo for joining me today and to all of yins uh, on the Twitter.com who make this show so much fun. You know I appreciate the H-E double hockey sticks out of all you guys and gals. That'll do it for this week. Win, lose, or draw, we'll be back on Monday to break it all down, to get ready for a new week, the last week before we get to Christmas. It's going to be a big week next week. So let's uh, enjoy a couple days here, enjoy a weekend, and let's go get a victory on Saturday. And then we can have victory Sunday and victory Monday. We can double it up. There's your plan. Take care now. Bye-bye then. You've been listening to the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 